Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. The show starts at 7 o'clock every Thursday right here on 710 Seattle Sports. And we are broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. Last week, my guy left me. He went on a vacation to California. He's in Palm Springs. Didn't invite me, but I'm glad he's back. Paul Moyer, how you doing, man? Uh, it was a lousy trip, by the way, but I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> you know, it was about 90 degrees, sunny the whole time. They, down there Sounds for lousy. Wedding. Sounds lousy. Had the whole family down there, so it was it was a good time. But happy to be back, especially, look, I don't like missing Seahawk games. I haven't missed many in the last 39 years. That's kind of weird, but... Um, it was a good win for the Hawks. So they they play. I thought it was their most complete game. Yep, most complete game. Good win for the Hawks. They take down the Arizona Cardinals. And the thing that stuck out to me the most about this win was that that box, that defensive front. I'm looking at that defensive line. You had six sacks from six different players. Also, your secondary got involved with the sack as well. Ryan Neal got himself a sack. And I loved what Clinton Hurt did up front. He was slanting. He was twisting. There were stunts. Those are the type of things you need to do to get this box going because I feel like, Paul, they don't have just the guys who are just bigger, faster, stronger. I'm just going to run you down to the ground. you got to get creative with your your uh, attack. Yeah, especially in a 3-4. And, you know, the one thing, you know, the first five games of the year and what really jumped out this game was it's the first time I saw Jordan Brooks free. Yeah. He was able to run gap to gap, and he made some big hits. And he's electric. I mean, he, he is an exciting football player. And when he doesn't have to take on a guard and have to bat, that you know two bears the whole time and, and come off that and, and, and make a tackle and he made some big hits he you know he, he ran down Kyler Murray a couple times uh, they kind of abandoned the running game pretty quick right. at, at that point but it was uh, I, I thought it was Monet and Puna Ford you know they were creating havoc um, I never saw their offensive guards release right away and get two three yards into our defense and attack our linebackers and that's how a three four has to be played because if you don't allow if you allow their guards offensive guards to also just release immediately and you're not coming off as a defensive tackle or or nose tackle making those plays man it's going to be a long day and what it was forcing uh, the charge or excuse me uh, charge soon to be Cardinals. The, the Cardinals to do is they had to stay two guys on one. Right. And so it allowed, it really freed up Jordan Brooks to have an exceptional game. So now it's about keeping the good times rolling. Mm. The defense has struggled all year. This or last week against the Arizona Cardinals, we had offensive linemen who were out. You got a couple running backs who were out. You didn't have D. Hopkins. You took advantage of the situation. But the best part about that is. Now you think you can do it. You believe, right? I think these guys have always believed, but now it's on film. Like, okay, Clint Hurt and these guys are putting a game plan together that we can get behind. And then once again, Paul Moyer, for four weeks in a row, Tariq Woolen comes up with an interception. He got NFC Defensive Player of the Week last yeah, week. This is the second it. time. The first week we had a Tenant Wilson as NFC Defensive Player yeah. of the Week. This past week you got Tariq Woolen as Defensive Player of the Week. When you watch this young man play, former DB Paul Moya, <laughs> break him down, man. What do you see? Well, he has a skill set that we just haven't seen. Uh, you know, he's six foot four. He runs a four two forty. 
um, you know, people want to compare him to Richard Sherman. They're, they're, they're different players. Yeah, they are. I mean, Richard Sherman, um, you know, he's strong. He's stronger in his body. I mean, Tariq still will still get a grow into his body, and, and he'll, he'll add more muscle as time goes. Not that he needs it, but Richard Sherman was great up in press. You know, um, football IQ off the charts, could read the quarterback, all, all that stuff. They're different players. They play different sides of the field as well. Uh, Tariq Woolen, though, you cannot run a go route on him. No. Cannot do it. He's too fast. He's too long. Uh, I was I mentioned it earlier. I go, to get a deep pass on him, it'd almost have to be like you'd be on a very tall 10-foot or 10-story building and drop the football straight down when the guy was running <laughs> by to get over Tyreek Woolen. And I think people are going to be very discouraged uh, trying to throw it to him. So we're going to take away one side of the field as this season progresses. The other thing is, is, is speed. I mean, he can actually get beat temporarily. Uh, usually separation is a, is a death killer for a DB because the quarterbacks are so good, so accurate. Yeah. He's so fast, and his closing speed – if you don't throw it to second their separation, he's going to undercut that thing. So, um, And then the other thing is it's his ball skills. I mean, he has that was receiver, receiver ability. He was and a receiver. So, um, look, it's early. You know, we're six games into it. He's got four interceptions. Yeah. Uh, it's early. I, I can't crown him anything yet. No. But uh, the, the trend is looking well, and he has a chance to be one of the great, great steals of a draft. We call Tariq Woolen in the Twitter game. He's trending, right? Trending. You're trending. Right you type in uh, Tariq Woolen in your, your, your search, and, and you will find well, that. Let me ask you this. Yes. What, you're, a, you're a wide receiver. And that's the hard part because I, I think if you brought him in on a slot, you know, maybe you got a shot with him. Yeah. Even though, again, his speed and he's learning. Again, I would say, you know, his trajectory is, is straight up in the middle. It looks like a, a stock market going straight up. He's learning so fast. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you think you try and beat him? Man. It's hard. Teams it's are, hard. It, teams are going to try and find they, his they weakness. They are. They are. And what you do is, and how you beat ADB is you want the hips turning. Once you get the hips turning and you can influence, that's how you beat them. The thing with Tariq, that, that pick against the New Orleans Saints was probably the most impressive to me because he played a bell technique. He opens up. Boom, I'm running. I got my eyes on the quarterback. I got the receiver right here uh, on, near my backside. And what we're taught to do is you get into that blind spot to where he doesn't know where you are. He's got to feel you. And I felt like that receiver got into that blind spot and he felt him and he broke on the football. What that tells me is that he's watching film. Yeah. Then we talked to Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal says, look, man, before the snap, we saw the down, the distance, the formation, and we knew what was going on. So how do you beat him? You got to get the hips turned. How do you do that? Man, you are extremely dramatic with your <laughs> body language and what you do, and you hope that your quarterback is on the same page. It's tough. 6-4, runs a, runs a 4-2. He's baiting guys right now. He's playing like a veteran. Um, another rookie who got his chance to shine last week was Ken Walker. 21 carries, 97 yards, one touchdown. He had a 17-yard play, direct snap to him in that first drive. Then they give him the football again. He goes 34, 36 yards. I look at this dude, and I see shiftiness, but I see power at the same time. There are three rookies starting for the Seahawks on offense right now that are contributing. Yeah, you got five rookies who are playing 75% of the snaps. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned Woolen earlier and Kobe Bryant as well because uh, we, we pretty much played 75% nickel uh, with five DBs at least l- so last week. And if, yeah, you throw in maybe six uh, at times too. Um, so uh, Walker, let me, I don't know if we've had a running back like him before. It's different. Um, it, it, the, the quickness. So 
we've had Penny and Carson. They hit a hole. It's usually pretty much straight ahead. You know, Penny would try to maybe, I don't want to say bounce it outside, but he would slide it outside. Yeah. But it, but it was usually still straight ahead and then then move outside. This guy will literally stop in a hole, jump back a yard, and he has the quickness to get around the the outside. Uh, he is so shifty. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've not seen a running back like that for the Seahawks that good. And he had over 20 carries last week. You know, again, if we get him 20 carries a game, he's going to be pushing 100 yards pretty much every game because he's so electric. He's going to make people miss. Uh, his best run to me was the one that was to, down our right sideline towards the south uh, end zone, the one that's actually cl- enclosed. Um, it ended up being a 20-yard, 21-yard, no, yeah, I think it was a 21-yard run. He was completely bottled up at the line of scrimmage. He did just what I said. He bounced it back about a half a yard and then got to the corner. He got tackled by three guys, had the power to get through those guys, kind of spun through that and then down the sideline, and a guy just dove and caught his ankles. If he didn't, it might have been one of the great third. 35-yard runs in yeah. Seahawks history. He is that good. So when people were saying, oh, why did the Seahawks draft a running back in the second round? Yeah, that's a pretty good pick right there, guys. <laughs> and, boy, uh, without him, we'd be in deep trouble. Yeah, Ken Walker looks shifty. He's explosive. And he breaks tackles better than what you expect when you when you size him up and you look at him. He was here last week when you were having my ties and laying in the pool and, and doing all Doesn't that stuff. Doesn't matter who's here. He, he came he came Just here. Just come and, here and, and you'll set, have a great game. It. You will. Every every guy every that's come here on and sat on this couch has had a good game. Let, let me tell you what else they do with Walker that I thought was great with uh, um, uh, already drawing a blank because I've been out a week. Oh, which is some of the design <laughs> plays. They ran a, he put him in the backfield. They, they, they uh, motioned him out to the left and he was probably eight yards uh, motioning out soon as we got the ball we flipped it out to him and created kind of a bubble screen for him a quick screen yep they just want to get him out in space he needs touches oh man get him touches he's a special guy he's the type of guy that needs 15 to 20 touches in the run game which i think they're committed to doing and a guy that needs two to three touches in the bubble the screen in the pass game maybe, somehow maybe uh, i look I think he could be like an Alvin Kamara or Kamara, depending on how you want to say his name, from New Orleans. I'm learning to say Kamara. I think I that's know, how you're I, supposed I, to say I, it. I always listen to the people on, on uh, the TV, and then I say, okay, well, they both said it the opposite. So <laughs> it's one of those two. But they same thing. They just want to get him in screens. They want to get him out in space. Yeah. He's so electric. That's Walker. And I think now that he is the guy and they start to realize all of his strengths, you're going to see him in all kinds of things. We're going to see him screens. We're going to see him with motions. See him in, in the shotgun situations. Direct, you know, Wildcat. Uh, he's going to be a, a big part of this offense. All right, we spent a lot of time talking about some rookies, and that is exciting for the Seattle Seahawks offensively and defensively. But when we return, we will give you the Los Angeles Chargers preview. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We are live every Thursday right here at Bellevue Square Center Court. we got a nice crowd, beautiful couple in the front, couple over there on the side having a nice little dinner. You know, I mean, we got some activity in the back. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff going on here at Bellevue Square. You got beautiful couples hey, and you know, all kinds of stuff. Whatever you need, it's here. It's a good spot. Bellevue Square. Good spot. So uh, let's talk about these 
Los Angeles Yeah, Chargers. there you go. You wanted to say San Diego. I wanted you? to, but uh, you grew up closer to, to San Diego yep, than I did. I did. So uh, it's probably more likely that you say it than I say it. But let's talk about these <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers, man. And I, I look at them, Paul, and I see, I look at the record. Right, they beat the Las Vegas Raiders 24 to 19. They lose to the Chiefs, right? Everyone does every now and then. Yeah. You lose to the the Jaguars, not expected. 38 to 10, they lose to the Jaguars. Then they barely beat the Texans, barely beat the Browns, barely beat the Broncos. When I look at their their schedule and their wins and their losses, I'm saying, man, they can get it. They can get it. But then I look at their offensive weapons and their defensive weapons. I look at their offensive weapons. We all know the offense. You got Justin Herbert, the guy who threw for 5,000 yards last year, 35 touchdowns. I feel like he's a volcano waiting to erupt this year. Hasn't had a really big game. And then you look at their defense. You see the guys that they brought over. You have Khalil Mack that's there. You have J.C. Jackson, a corner who led the league in interceptions the past four seasons, 25 interceptions. And I'm thinking on paper these guys look good. But when you look at the film, you break them down, there are some weaknesses in this team. And um, offensively, I see Eckler. I call him Mr. 25-25. He has 25 receiving touchdowns, 25 rushing touchdowns. You got Mike Williams. Keenan Allen sounds like he's going to be back. So on paper, we look outmatched. But on film, when you break it down, this looks like a game that the Seahawks could win what are your thoughts on the charges well i think you're right on paper because they have some big names uh, you know you know bose is not going to play so nope. that that hurts him and keenan allen if he's healthy this week uh, that changes it because the one thing about mike williams who's a really good wide receiver he's pretty much straight line right you're right he's not a guy who's you're worrying about running double moves a bunch and uh, actually i think tyreek warren and him would be a great matchup along the way uh keenan allen i heard he practiced today he's still limited um, so, so we'll see what we're there. They're, they're just a strange team to me. They've always been strange. Um, you know, they have a head coach who's a defensive guy, and yet they threw for 5,000 yards uh, last year. Last week, uh, Herbert threw 57 times. 57 times. Averaging 42 passes per game. That doesn't sound like a defensive coach. It doesn't. You know, at, at all. But um, they're, they're running. Here's why I say we have a, a, a good chance to win this game. One, it's going to be in L.A. We'll probably have a home field advantage. We'll, we will be louder than Chargers because Charger fans, or even when they were in San Diego, and I grew up about 80 miles from there, they were an afterthought. You know, I mean, just you, you got to pull teams, you know, up north. Um, you're not really getting anybody south of San Diego that are coming to, to the games. Um, so, so we'll we'll draw well there too. Two, where we've been successful are teams who don't run the ball well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, again, last week, obviously against Arizona, go back to the Chargers. Um, I, I guess Detroit maybe is a, an outlier there. But I think if we can make them one-dimensional, I think our strength is more in the passing game defensively. Yeah, I think we match up well. We've got some skill guys that are learning. Kobe Bryant's getting better. You, we've, we talked about Woolen as well. Michael Jackson's playing well. You Now you got Jones and you got Burns. We're, we've got depth there. And then our safeties are finally starting to figure out their, their game too. So I, I like this matchup. Um, I think we're going to try and run the ball a ton. But I don't think it matters. If you try and take our running away offensively, we'll throw it. Yep. You try and throw our, take our throw, we'll, we'll run it. And I, th- I think we saw a little bit of that last week. And uh, Gino ain't going anywhere. I mean, he's just been nothing but consistent. So it's a big game because this is a stretch run 
We were playing a bunch of good football teams. Not a bunch of great teams, a bunch of good football teams. Um, I don't think we have what I call a really easy game until Carolina, and, and there's no such thing really as an easy game. So, um, look, four and three, got a chance to be really be all made, uh, in first place all alone. This is a big game this week. All right, so let's look at the numbers a little bit. All right, so offensively, the Chargers are the seventh-ranked offense in the league, they are averaging 374 yards per game. You talk about their run game. They're only rushing for about 95 yards per game, but I think they're going to look at this film and say, everyone else is trying to run it on them. We are going to run it on them as well. The Arizona Cardinals rush for about 146. You take yeah. away a 42-yard gain by take Kyler, away Murray, Kyler Murray. Murray, and you're around 42 yards yes. of rushing. All right, and now let's look at their pass offense. They're the number three pass offense. So that's why I look at this secondary, and I say, okay, secondary, last week – it was about the box. How can these guys get to the quarterback? This week, I'm thinking, okay, hold it down on the back end and allow these uh, these defensive linemen, these linebackers, time to get to the quarterback because this guy's only been sacked seven times, Justin Herbert. Yeah. So when I see that stat, you've only been sacked seven times. There's two things that I think. All right, you're getting the ball off quickly. You have offensive linemen who protect. I watched the film, Paul Moyer. Every now and then they get it off quickly. They're looking for their shots down the field, and their offensive linemen do attack. So if Tariq Woolen can be solid, if Mike Jackson can be solid, Ryan Neal, if Quandre can be solid, then I think that the the roles will be reversed. Hold it down in the back. Give these guys up t- uh, up front time to get after the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you look at some statistics. You know, look, Justin Herbert's really banged up. He's got some ribs. They're coming off a Monday night game. Uh, he's beat up. I don't think he played well last week. And no. Again, Denver's a very good defense. Um, they're only averaging 6.7 yards per attempt. And, you know, in today's game, that's not that big. Uh, you know, I think we're pushing about eight yards with Geno Smith. Um, you, know, you know, again, he's completing a high percentage of 67%. Uh, just don't give up the big play. Don't give them people, make them one-dimensional. Shut the running game down like we did last week. And I talk about the running game means the runners. And what's different is, look, Kyler Murray killed us, and you had uh, Taysom Hill killed us. Those are guys who are not running backs. Right, so you know we can bottle up Eckler just a little bit, and you got to really watch him in the screen game. That's the thing that you got to take away from him. Nothing big, and I think we're getting better defensively. It's a game that's winnable for us. Deep middle, when it comes down to twenty, twenty-five yards down the field, in the middle of the field, Justin Herbert is one of the best in the league at completing that pass. So naturally, I look at Quandre and say, "It's about time, baby. Come on now. You have five interceptions to pass with three or four seasons. You don't have one yet. You let." the young man 2-7 get his it's time for Quandre to get last week he almost had an interception two times this year he's had his hands on the football but the ground kind of dislodged it from him yeah look last week we played a lot of man-to-man and I think we're going to continue to do that because you got to have contested throws if you don't get quick pressure in your play zone these quarterbacks are too good and so I think maybe we found something last week it allowed us to play tight coverage where they weren't throwing it as you mentioned, it gave them some time to get to the rush. Uh, and, again, we had a great, great, obviously a great job sacking uh, last week. So don't think we're going to get uh, six sacks this week, but I think we can make uh, Herbert un- uncomfortable. Make him uncomfortable. Make him move in the pocket and hit him. Quarterbacks don't like to get hit, Paul. Especially if they got bad ribs. Yeah, now you got to be careful, though. You can't hit him too hard. You can't hit him too low. You can't hit him too high. QBs, you got to get them. Right at the numbers. They're yeah, special, more. I'm not even saying anything about quarterbacks that get in trouble if you say anything remotely mean about them. But, uh, yeah. We don't get fined here at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Right? Y'all going <laughs> to find us? 
Heck no, nah, ain't no commissioner here. Where's Goodell? All right, when we get back, man, we're going to chat with the guard, one of the guards for the Seahawks. That's Phil Haynes right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. You're listening to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection every Thursday right here at 7 o'clock on Seattle Sports 710. We are at Bellevue Square Center Court, and right now, myself and Paul Moyer are joined by Phil Haynes. Phil, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you all? We're doing well, man. You know what? Last week, you played 100% of the offensive snaps. How's that body feeling? How's that game feeling? Uh, you know, it's always a little sore, but I mean, it's always great to to get out there and help the offense play. And it was good I can go there for 100 percent of the snaps this week, so it was great. Last week, uh, again, I thought it was one of the most complete games on both sides of the ball. Um, but what is Ken Walker? Now you got a new running back behind you. You had Penny. You had Carson. Does that change you guys at all in the way you do things? The way maybe that you try to screen some of the defenders? It doesn't. We do the same thing no matter what. Um, I mean, of course, with Ken, he's a little bit younger than those guys, so he has a little bit of that explosive power that uh, he brings something a little different. But we still do the same thing. We're blocking um, as far as we can, no matter what. Hey, Phil, one of the questions going into the season was the offensive line, obviously. you got a lot of movement going on over there. How do you feel like it's it's been working out with that offensive line, and how close are you guys? I think it's the closest. I've been here for four years. I think it's the closest we've ever been. Um, and I mean, we have a lot of young guys, and I think that's kind of a good thing because we uh, we all kind of hang out together. We don't really. I mean, Dave has a family, but never really has families like that. So we all kind of hang out together, and it's all it's been pretty good, honestly. I think we've been gelling pretty well. You know, Michael Bumper, he was a wide receiver. I was a DB. And if you're one of the top wide receivers, you're one of the top DBs, you're going to get playing time. An offensive line, man, it's, you know, if you're a guard, you know, two two guards are starting, r- rarely three. And so you got Gabe, you know, Damien, yourself, all three are not just capable starters, good starters. Matter of fact, most people would argue you were playing probably the best of any offensive line last season towards the end of the year. How does that competition work amongst you three? I mean, I know all three of you want to start. But uh, how's that relationship and the competition work? Honestly, we, we have a great relationship, all three of us. And we love each other. We support each other when we're both down. Or down. And uh, um, I'm only one that can play both, so I'm the backup for both spots. But uh, uh, we love each other. It's, it's an amazing group. Now, obviously, you have a, a different quarterback in the huddle. Um Russ used to take a knee and talk to you guys. Gino walks in and talks to you guys. Two different quarterbacks, two different styles. Um, what do you? What have you seen out of Gino Smith this year? And what is he like when it's third and five and you, you got to complete this pass or, or make this play work? What's his demeanor like? He's calm. He's he's very calm. I think he's probably one of the calmest quarterbacks I've been around. I mean, him and Russ, but uh, he brings a passion too. Um, when we score, it's just, you know, he cares so much about us and he's seen so much of, like, our, our players go through so much that he he loves us and we all love him. So he just brings a passion and uh, a sense of calm to the offense. 
We're visiting with Phil Haynes, and, and Phil, you mentioned this is your fourth year. It's kind of hard to believe. I bet uh, time flies by, but you got to two rookie tackles, and you got one next year. Did, did you have any idea that these two guys would, well, I think Charles Cross probably knew was going to start, but uh, would you, any idea that they were going to be as good as they were? You know, I had no idea. Um, I mean, obviously in camp, I got work at both sides, so I played beside both of them, and they were good, and they've and the thing is, they've gotten better every week, and it's it's amazing. I mean, it's a testament to the line coach and the group that we have that we surround these guys and how hard they work. Phil, obviously, this offense looks different, and outside looking in, it could be the play calling, um, it could be the personnel. But how different is this year's offense compared to last year's offense? I don't think it's too much different for us up front. Um, I mean, we're, we have a we have Andy. Uh, He's been with us for two years, and he's working the uh, the calls and all the stuff with us before. Um, so, I mean, I think it's been good. Um, having Austin come in from the Rams, kind of similar offensive scheme, kind of brings that knowledge of the scheme into with us. So, I mean, it's been good for us. It's a second year in the office, kind of learning it, um, getting better at it. Does it change you guys at all going for Because it's not that uh, Gino can't run. He's actually pretty mobile. It's just that's not his first game. But does it change the way you guys do things? I know in the past, like the tackles, when Russell used to escape, they were always trying to say, hey, make sure you don't pull, you know, when Russ gets outside the pocket. Does it change any of your guys' techniques, knowing that you got a true pocket passer in Gino? I mean, it really doesn't. Um, we kind of know where he's going to be. That's like the only thing. But uh, like you said, Gino is pretty mobile and he scrambles and he can do pretty much anything he wants on the field. So you always got to be ready for anything. I think the rest of the, the world has been surprised by Geno Smith. Uh, for those who have been around him and watched him work over the last few years, maybe not so much. But uh, did you expect him to have this year? And I'm asking a bunch of things like, did you expect it? Did you expect it? But really, he's been kind of the, the story of the NFL. But did you, did you think going into the season he was going to be as good as he was too? You know, honestly, I, I didn't think he was going to be this good, but I knew he was going to be great. Um, I've been on the scout team with him for uh, three years, and I've seen him work day in and day out. I mean, you guys aren't watching the scout team. We're not even running our offense. We're just trying to give the defense a good look, and I've seen him get better, help receivers get better, help me get better, help O-linemen is everywhere. And I've seen his tenacity and just how hard, how much he loves the game. And I knew he was going to be great coming into this season, so it wasn't a big shock to me. Phil, you seem like a laid-back type of dude. We've interviewed Charles Cross. We've interviewed Abe Lucas, um, Gabe Jackson on our, our 10 to 2 show. Um, are you a talker? What, what do you like when, when the helmet is on, when the pads are strapped on? Uh, what, what's it like for you on game day? For me, it's honestly trying to keep my mind clear. I'm not much of a talker. Uh, I know some guys are, but I'm just not. I mean, I kind of try to keep everything in how, like, and keep us together, keep it, make sure we're calm. And um, so, I mean, I, I try to just stay to myself and keep my teammates together. You're from Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a long way from uh, Seattle, that's for sure. You mentioned again it's your fourth year. You settle into the Northwest. Is is this a place you like hanging out? I do like hanging out here. It's uh, pretty nice. I enjoy. I enjoy the the Washington Reds, so I mean, they have a good wine up here. <laughs> that they do. <laughs> hey, Phil, yeah, what, what's it like for you on your off day? You know, you, do you hang out with offensive linemen? 
Do you kind of stay home and do your own thing? Are you are you on the game? What's a what's an off day like for Phil Haynes? Um, I know there's a lot of guys who are on the game. Um, I kind of do it sometimes, but you know, I just kind of relax, try to work on my body if I if need be. Um, maybe get some food with a couple guys, but nothing too crazy. Just kind of relaxing. You guys have played some tough defenses, you know, starting with the, the Denver Broncos way back when and uh, even last week, you know, when you, you got a, a pretty good front four there. What, what do the Chargers bring to the table that's unique? Um, I think every week we play great D-line. Um, we have to worry about Khalil Mack this week. I mean, he's a great player. Um, so that's one thing we need to focus on and making sure we know he, where he is all, at all times. Um, they have a good defense scheme too. I mean, it's very similar to ours. So, just knowing, learning the scheme and making sure we know where their guys are and where they got lineups is paramount. So, we're trying to make sure we do a good job of that. Hey Phil, when I was in the huddle and I heard uh, Tris Wright two point wide corner, I knew that I was about to eat. That was my play. I'm like, oh yeah, let's get it. Is there a play that you hear? And I'm sure you're a professional. You're gonna go hard no matter yeah. what. But is there a play that you hear and you're like, oh yeah, let's go? <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's honestly the any run. I mean, when you get those runs, you don't get a lot of them, so you got to take advantage. But I like like power inside zone. You know, the, the mid zone. Honestly, we run a lot. It's it's it's, it's beautiful. Um, it's just fun to do, and just, I love it. In your fourth year, Phil, you know, we asked actually Abe Lucas and, and Charles Cross this earlier. Who are their mentors? Um, in your fourth year, are there still people that? Are mentors for you on this team? Absolutely. Gabe Jackson is probably the, the one of the, the primary guys. I mean, him, Austin Blythe have a lot of experience. Even guys like Damian Lewis, who might be younger than me, but we all kind of collectively uh, learn together. So um, I think I think it's a good group. Tell me about these Chargers, man. What, what do you expect from uh, from the Bolts this week? From what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the charge. They call them the bolts. So, what, what do you oh, okay. what do you expect from the charges this week? Honestly, man, I'm not. We were really worried about them. We we're worried about us. We're just trying to right. keep getting better. Um, so, as long as we keep getting better and just putting on tape, we uh, I'll be happy. First place. <laughs> you control <laughs> your own destiny, man. That's what makes it fun. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Phil, man, we we appreciate you taking time out of your day. Uh, make sure that body's good to go. Sounds like that mind is always going to be right. And uh, you have a good night, man. Yes, sir, you all too. All right, that was Phil Haynes. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Duke Seafood, Ascend Prime, and Steak, Sushi, Fogo de Chao, Tavern Hall, Daniel's Boiler, and Thai Kitchen Bird. All right, when we return, we will go around the NFL. Myself and Paul Moyer, that's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to your favorite Thursday night show, Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bums with Paul Moore, presented by Bellevue Collection. We're right here at Bellevue Square Center Court. We've got some new faces in the front, some new faces in the back. If you're not here and you're in the area, come on and join us, man. 
We got Boye Mafe coming up later. He's going to sit on the couch and talk to and us. Don't, I mean, don't put off your Christmas shopping to Christmas. Come down now. Do it now. I mean, come on. Do it now. Come yeah. get some of this. Yes. But now it's time for us to go around the NFL. We focus on last week, the Cardinals, right? We focus on the Hawks. We talked about the L.A. Chargers, this week's opponent. But we want to know what's going on around the NFL. One of the things that stuck out to me, Moyer, is Tom Brady. Mm. Now, people see Tom Brady, and they see him yelling at his offensive lineman. And to the average person, they're like, oh, my God, what is he doing? <laughs> why, why would he do that? You know why? Because he's Tom Brady, and he's trying to win ball games. And he has done enough in his career to where when he speaks, God's going to listen. He got seven of them things, seven Super Bowl championships. Mm-hmm. So it'd be different if there was like a Kyler Murray yelling at his offensive lineman the way that Tom Brady does. But when you've done so much in your career, you've accomplished so much, God's going to listen. Yeah, and if you're the leader and you're the – I don't know if he's the best player anymore but uh, on his team, but um, I was – Someone said, is he getting preferential treatment? And I said, look, you don't have to treat everybody equal, particularly on a football team. You just treat treat them fairly. I mean, there are guys that have earned that right. He's earned the right to to rip into his team and and show them show them the way. I'm not sure he's earned the right to miss a walk through practice to go to a wedding on a Friday. You don't think so? No. Nah, the greatest I, of all time? No. Seven Super Bowl championships? No. No. Now, no. look, he can do some other things, but I'm like first of all, it's Kraft's wedding. That's another team wedding. I, if you want to if it was the Tampa Bay owner's wedding, maybe. <laughs> I I had a little bit of an issue with that one. Um, because I just said, "Hey, no one else would be allowed to do that. And there's some things that I think cross the line. To Hold me. on, but you just said. I, I said. I, you I, just I, said. I said that. I said that he can do, get away with a lot of things other people can't. And you give him certainly some latitude on certain things. Uh-huh. But there's one where I'm like, come on, man. I go. I've never heard a player be able to skip a practice to go to a, somebody's wedding. Never. So have you ever seen a quarterback win seven Super Bowls though? No. Well, look, you can talk me out of this real easy. First of all, you know me; I got a man crush on Tom Brady. Uh, you know the way he treated my son. I won't go into that story. You've heard it many times, but I think he's a special human being. I really do, and I think he's one of the greatest that's ever played any sport, and he's proven that. But. When you've also got a team who's struggling and you're all trying to come together, it's just some things I think you need to pick and choose. I don't think that was the best choice. Yeah, I feel that. I'm not mad at that at all. Yeah. I mean, you're in the middle of the season. You're battling. It's not like you guys are undefeated and things are, are going perfectly. Yeah. There's some things you need to fix. So, no, I agree with you. I just got to give you a hard time. because no, that's, okay. that's what I do, Paul. Yeah. I just give you a hard time. All right, so let's talk about, you guys ready? Who are we going to talk about right now? Russell Wilson. Who's Russell? All right. You guys remember that guy? War number three, won some championships, or won a Super Bowl out here. Um, I'm looking at this man post-game, and he does not look like himself. He doesn't have the same look in his eye. The shoulders are rolled forward a little bit. I'm a real vibe, body language type of guy. It's not the same over there. And he got everything that he asked for. He wanted, like, complete control of his offense, and he has it, and he's not being successful. There was a point in the game last week, though, on Monday night, where I thought he's back. He started off 10 for 10. 10 for 10. And I'm like, okay, this is this is the Russell that we're used to seeing. And then something happened. He finished just, like, 3 for 11, something like that, in the second half or 15 yards. It didn't end well, but he does not look the same. And... um how difficult do you think this part of his life is? Because he's had so much success 
right? Define the odds. I'm 5'10". They want me to just play baseball. I shouldn't be a quarterback. They probably told him to be a wide receiver or a running back at some point. But he goes, no, I'm going to be a quarterback. Then he has 10 years of just success. And now, after six weeks in Denver, or at least in the regular season, things aren't going as planned. Look, it's a lot harder when it's not your family. Right, and he could have got away with that here. When you draft him, they're your family, you love them unconditionally. You go somewhere else, you're a hired gun. And if the things don't go well, look, the fans have turned on him. They wouldn't have turned on him here. No. If he had never said, I wanted it, didn't want to trade, and I'm working through it, you know, look, Russell was our guy. and But he, he turned on us, and he, he got what he deserved there. But I do feel bad for him. I do. I feel bad for him. Um, because he's never gone through this kind of adversity. Right. He's gone through, oh, you don't think I'm good enough, and he's proven to people wrong. You know, when he was at, uh, went to North Carolina State, and then he went to Wisconsin, then he came here, and he was a third-round pick, and we had Matt Flynn. And so he's proved everybody wrong, but right. now he's struggling for the first time. And you're right, his body language doesn't look right. And what's, what's scary for him is they're trying to make him a pocket passer. He's not a pocket passer. I think he's starting to realize that. Are they the trying? Time. I mean, this is what he wanted. Are they I trying know. to make him a pocket passer? Or, or this, him? This part of his plan? Well, right? I don't know. I mean, there's some people we could probably call to find out answer. But um, look, I just think right now they're going. Oh shoot, this is not what we thought it was going to be, and we got to change this up. And he's going to have to buy into it. Uh, he's beat up along the way. He's older. Uh, it, it, there's only one under six foot tall pocket passer I've ever seen. And it's Drew, Drew, Brees. Drew Brees. And I, I don't know why he was more successful than another. Maybe he's more accurate. What about maybe Doug tiny. Flutie? He has some good years. Did Come Doug on, Flutie man. Has some good years, he man. wasn't a pocket passer either, man. No, <laughs> no. There's none that I know of. Um, Russell was the one guy that started to make that in Drew Brees that you don't have to be over six feet tall. Yeah. But you've seen it with Kyler Murray. They're trying to make him a pocket passer. He's not a pocket passer. He's a electric outside. There's so many things you can do to be a great quarterback without mm-hmm. just being a pure pocket quarterback. A passer um so i for the first time i felt bad for him though hey we'll talk about our feelings towards russell wilson later in that situation but yeah. let's talk about what a win against the los angeles chargers means for the seattle seahawks because if they get this done all right the rams are on a bye i believe the niners are playing the chiefs if they get this win all right that puts them by themselves on top of the NFC West, something that people didn't really expect to happen. So I think that this is a huge opportunity for this group. I think that the defense has turned a corner. They show that they can get her done. I look at the offense, and I go, all right, it wasn't the greatest performance last year, but you did enough to win. You scored one touchdown, a bunch of field goals. The the one area that, that needs to improve, in my opinion, you just got to make sure special teams is clean. Because yeah, two weeks in a row, right, you got – points scored on special teams against you when you're trying to punt the football and um, you've missed a few field goals later and some muff punts yeah and look Gino that wasn't his best game last week it wasn't a bad game I'm expecting not at all him to be elite uh, like he's been the first five weeks he missed on a couple passes down the middle I thought he could have pushed him outside a little bit for maybe one touchdown or two to Tyler Lockett but now I thought he played pretty well Uh, it's a big game because coming up after that you have the Giants who 
the surprise of the league at five and one, but very beatable. Arizona, we just beat at Arizona. We'll have home field advantage again. Tampa Bay struggling. Vegas has what one or two wins so far, and then you got the Rams who are struggling. They can't run the ball. I mean, they are struggling offensively. So these are winnable games. With the NFC West, at one point you thought no chance. It's it's there for the taking. It's there. And so, yeah, this is a huge game. The Chargers are a very good team that's just inconsistent. Um, they're coming off a Monday night game. Their quarterback's a little beat up. It's a winnable game. And if they go 4-3, and three, watch out. Winnable game. Let's go get this win. And you know who's going to help us get this win? Boye Mafe. We're going to interview him next right here on Hawks Live.